What's up, everybody? It's Joe from Complex. You are listening. You are watching the Complex Sneakers podcast. As always, I'm with my two guys, my two friends. First off, Mr. Matt Welty. Here we are. Brought the legs out today. Yep. 80 degrees in New York City. Skies out, thighs out. Okay. Didn't waste a second. To my left, grinning from ear to ear as usual. It's either an innocent grin or a mischievous grin? No. Okay. It's, it's a regular Tom. grin. All right. Just a regular grin. You never know. How we doing? I feel all right. What's going on, guys? Some things are going on, but when you listen to this, it may feel like they're going on in the past. Yes, we're a little but all over just, the place. Let's just do this PSA. Okay. We've been, we've been recording a lot of these episodes before the fact and holding them because we've had some great guests lined up. So if you hear us talk about certain stuff this week, know we recorded this uh, a week in advance or 10 days in advance or something, and we'll talk here about some stuff we yes. missed on past episodes because we had, you know, it's, it's been a lot going on. Yep. By the way. One thing I want to mention that we missed, and this is even further back than this, is our co-host Matt Welty's birthday. Exactly. Matt Welty kept his birthday on the low, told Secret. us after, told us after, said it got too crazy. I get it. The birthday wishes, <laughs> you, you know, global superstar, that's what happens. But Some, Sometimes, you know, you like a little bit of peace and quiet yeah. on the day, mm-hmm. and it, that's not a sh- shot or... You're not the dick. type to repost every IG story wishing you a happy birthday? No. I just like kind of it's like if it's your if it's your one day. Yeah. You know, talk you to don't, the, you, for your birthday you don't need to do a whole social media campaign. No. You know? You know it's like, like talk happy to the belated. Thanks. Talk to the few people close to you. Like sure. it's like the people, you know, that are going to know or whatever that yeah. are going to say it to you. Those are the people who you want to talk yeah, to. So yeah. So did matter. you do anything special? No. So okay. <laughs> All right. Just just wanted to yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to mention. He's good with the birthdays. Even if it was a month later, he's still good. <laughs> what else is going on? I just got back from Dallas. Quick trip to Texas over the weekend. This guy, when we are not recording a podcast, which we have, <laughs> we booked in advance. Yeah. As soon as he's not recording a podcast or FSR, he's right on a jet. Right on a jet. I respect it. It was a quick trip, 36 hours or something. Okay. Had some breakfast tacos. Got eaten up by the mosquitoes down there. Oof. The more humid than I imagine. What footwear did you bring for the trip? Uh, the loafers. Oh, wow. You didn't bring any sneakers? Just the loafers. Really? No socks. Was it a wedding? No, it was my brother's opening at the Sweet Pass Sculpture Park in Dallas, Texas. So please do go check that out. Take a look at the work. Wow, no sneakers. That's bold. Yeah, I wanted to just do the thing where I just bring a tote bag on the plane what and about not, not like, a bunch of extra stuff. Did you stay in a hotel? Yeah. What about like you, you walking around in the morning getting coffee in, in the loafers? Didn't drink coffee. Thank you. Oh, okay. Smoothie? I would do a smoothie in the morning. Okay. Loafers from well, loafers from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m.? No socks. 12 a.m. It's right. a rough adventure. <laughs> yeah, we had some. Wait, so we you went through adventures. the airport in loafers? Yeah. TSA pre. That But still, still you went to the airport? Yeah, 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 yeah. You were on a plane with loafers on? Wait, is this absurd? That's no socks. Hold on. You said no socks, right? Oh. Yeah, for sure. Wait, so you, you kept we, the loafers on the whole? Yeah. That's a long on, yeah. flight. Four hours, five hours. That's uncomfortable. But okay. You think I should have had insoles in them? Maybe. <laughs> you want to sell I me think, some insoles I think, right I now? I think you should have at least had socks on, just for the plane, so you could have taken mm. your footwear off and mm. not have been a. Yeah, that's a gross look for sure. I wasn't. I wasn't out here raw on a plane like that. Don't worry. I appreciate the concern, but <laughs> I kept. What, you, it a what are you bit doing simple. if you sit next to someone on the plane who does that? I'm taking the plane down. Yeah, so quick trip, drove around in the Dallas night looking for milkshake. Yeah, we don't have to we don't have to talk too much about that. You had Joe LaPuma season premiere of Sneaker Shop. A couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bex, David Beckham. Bex, you call him Bex? So 
I was no, we're not we're not close <laughs> enough for me to call him Bex, but uh yeah, shot that in Miami F one week. We mm -hmm. were down there. Did you watch the race? I watched the race. Again, this is gonna run in like yeah, yeah, yeah. two weeks away, but the the pre race of the guy um who is who's the the interviewer on the grid? Crofty maybe? The it's like the oh the guy who pulled the UK. up Martin Brundles okay yeah, Martin yeah, yeah. wait but do, do you watch F one yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I know all about that yeah I know all about it yeah because wait because like everyone like I was texting people like and they were like oh yeah it's like known that, that he does that no for I'm aware of that guy amazing what an amazing yeah. few minutes yeah, yeah, of yeah. Uh, content but um I didn't don't go pull to, my F one card here I didn't go to the race Ben Felderstein represented us well mm -hmm. he was at every event Red Bull put on mm -hmm. did you go to an Inter Miami Game? No, I didn't, but I match. got the jersey. David Beckham. <laughs> you gave right to yourself. Game match. <laughs> Walty, what have you been up to? Uh, just relaxing. Yeah. Enjoying life. As we should, as we deserve. We're going to go to a dinner together. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Want me to bring a little candle, a cake, a little cake out with a little uh, candle cupcake, out tomorrow? Cupcake. Late birthday thing. Maybe a cannoli? We do. Should we talk about that dinner now or should we yeah, talk no, about we it after talk, it happens? Well, we're not. Well, we should probably talk about it after the fact. Really? Yeah. Because it'll give okay. us content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll there's know, a, you'll know yeah. what transpired during the yeah. event. People who listen to this podcast, if, if we tell you there's a special dinner coming, you should know exactly what we're talking about. And there is a very special dinner coming, but we'll talk about that, like Wealthy said. Did, you tell, did you tell David Beckham that his wife is your favorite Spice Girl? <laughs> I did Is that true? No, he made that up. Who's your favorite Spice Girl? I'm not, I don't know. Who's your favorite Spice Girl? Ginger? <laughs> now you tell me yours. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? I'd have to think. I didn't have to think. What, Sporty yeah, Spice? We're different. <laughs> yeah. Sporty Spice, some Air Maxes. <laughs> He's not going to give it up. Well, yeah, he is your favorite Spice Girl. I'd say Sporty Spice. Okay. Joe? Scary Posh, Spice? Posh Spice. Posh Spice. That's Victoria Beckham. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, um, should we talk about some sneaker stuff? Should we yeah, talk we got to get to some sneaker stuff because <laughs> we... Also, stuff and hot dog stuff. also, for the production crew, how do we feel about emergency podcasts? I feel like we're gonna we're yeah, we're, we're in that I zone. I know, I know. Like some big things happen, the, and the we're at a schedule. Nike thing went to a new level, and a exactly. lot of people wanted a, a podcast from us, and we exactly. we understand that, and we appreciate that, and maybe we should try and get. They wanted a zone. press conference. No, like, no, I mean, like <laughs> we, when these things happen press right away, we may have to come in and yeah, and yeah, yeah. Because our schedule, you know, podcasts, I think, should be a little agile. A little more fluid. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But big news, StockX. Getting sued by Nike. Yeah, yeah getting sued I mean, by Nike. And it's, I, I don't know why Nike took it there. You know what I mean? Like, this lawsuit, Nike sued StockX a couple months ago over the NFTs, which I kind of get. But then out of nowhere, Nike adds this, this thing about StockX selling counterfeit shoes and StockX allowing counterfeit shoes through its authentication process. And it's just like, whoa, that escalated fast. You know, how do we, how do we get here? I mean, I love it because one, you know, I love the stuff and two, it's like super spicy. And then StockX responds with the comment saying, actually, yeah. for the record, well, hundreds of Nike employees, including right. current senior level executives, right. buy and sell products using well, StockX. So it, what do you mean it's fake? You know, it was, it was one of those, and I'm not, taking sides on this so mm -hmm. everyone listening i'm not backing StockX. i'm not backing nike because if get, anybody were backing ebay but go on because we get all the comments you know of like this happened to my stock x shoe how you need to resolve it for me you know <laughs> to you to, i'm sure yes. all of us People get it all you guys are authenticators Some, somebody tagged me like i need to get on the podcast so i can tell you about what happened oh, to me that. on StockX with my off-white jordan ones i'm I like thought sir, he was kidding we just had salehi bembry 
and Chris Bevins, and you want to be on the podcast? Excuse me, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, like, the way that it was worded, it kind of made it seem like that StockX sells fake sneakers rather than, like, you know, a few happen get to yeah. get through. Where it made it, not that that's what Nike said, but yeah. just kind of the way that everything came out. It made it seem like StockX is a platform that sells fake shoes. Right. It was really interesting that day that, uh, the statements went out. Yeah. Because, like, I remember I walked out of my apartment to, I don't know, maybe it was to get a coffee, mm-hmm. midday coffee or whatever, and that's all happening. Mm-hmm. And I walk out, I take, like, 10 steps, and there's someone wearing sneakers with a StockX tag. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. they probably don't, not, not that they would know, but, like, <laughs> yeah. we're so ingrained yeah. in it, they probably, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's so many interesting things about this, and obviously, please go read the thing I wrote about yeah. it on Complex.com. But I think one of the interesting things is Nike didn't really give any detail about how it got the fake shoes and somebody pointed out when i mentioned that on twitter that the easiest way for them to get a pair of fakes off of stock x would be if somebody from nike or nike's legal team listed the shoes and then bought them and you know to test if they passed authentication because short of that they would have had to buy you know several hundred pairs i would assume and just look and see if they're fake so i'm also wondering did nike you know set up a sting in a way did nike (laughs) list a fake shoe and then sell it and then buy it on the others that's super interesting like also, if that's not the case, how many pairs did they buy before they found a fake pair? Yeah. Then also, how does Nike uh, even authenticate? Yes. That's shoes? such an interesting question to me. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm annoyed because I said that on Twitter and a bunch of people are like, what do you mean? How do you know? It's Nike. I'm like, yes, Nike can for sure tell whether they're fake or not. There are people at Nike. But we don't know anything about Nike having an internal process to determine whether a shoe is fake or not. And that's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously... Not obviously, but bad things have happened to people through StockX. For sure. And I think that they're kind of like an easy boogeyman to, to slander. Yes. You know? And, I mean, I've been there. I think I said on here, Black Friday 2020, you know, that was during the whole uh, security breach era of oh, StockX. Right. Yep. right, right, right. My account got compromised, mm-hmm. and someone in Brooklyn bought a pair of wave runners for five hundred dollars on right yeah my account you know so like and i was frustrated by that and i totally understand the frustration right because i do think there's a lot of weird things with StockX as a as a company as a whole Mm -hmm. but still it's funny because you see um all these like conspiracy theorists on twitter right Mm. that's all twitter's full of a sneaker conspiracy theories for our bubble and you know, people are like, oh, is Nike trying to get rid of StockX so that Nike can get their foot into the reselling game? Which I'm sure there are people out there who probably think that's Nike's end game. I, yeah, I just don't see it. I don't because think- to me, if that were the case, Nike would have brought something against StockX in a bigger way. Like, th- people forget that they just tacked this onto the existing lawsuit in a way, to, to me, that, yeah, that feels like they're trying to push that lawsuit through. Like, if Nike filed a totally separate complaint about counterfeit shoes and had all these instances of it, then I could see it. I mean, I do wonder whether or not Nike is working towards some type of first-party authentication thing, and I could see that, especially with CryptoKicks, NFTs, all these things. But yeah, that, that thing of, like, Nike trying to shut down StockX, to me... I, I think it's just legal posture. There was there know? was also something I saw going along to, and correct me if I'm wrong on mm-hmm. this, but there was like this idea of Nike having like in-house lawyers versus like people who work on these cases, and like they're there 
point is to like keep these lawsuits going as long as long as possible to kind of like try and bleed the hmm. the party dry. Where'd you hear about that? I don't know. I read it online, so maybe it may oh, not oh. be true. But... I don't know, but I don't think this is an interesting one, the StockX one, because so many of these Nike lawsuits they're coming after tiny entities, relatively yeah. like John Geiger or Warren Lotus or something. And this is a big one. Who can't necessarily fight a legal battle? Oh, I think even maybe it was Geiger. Geiger it. Maybe it was Geiger who had yeah. posted oh, something okay. about that, where it's Nike trying to force your will to sure, make sure, you sure. quit. You know, but but the StockX one is interesting because StockX certainly has the money to fight this thing and to hang around. So, I mean, I hope they go to Discovery. I hope I hope we get more and more spicy details throughout this thing because it's been. I do think that not that I'm saying who has the legal right to win in yeah. these cases, but it it definitely feels like maybe was for some of these brands it's like a war of attrition. Yeah. Versus Nike, where it's like if you just keep on fighting it long enough, then like maybe they give up. But yeah, well, I'm I'm here for it. You're always here for it. <laughs> I sorry do we think didn't get, and sorry didn't we get we didn't get to it earlier. Yeah, but yeah. the schedule, I think, and you know, let's you have you have a chance to shoot. We had to talk late. about glizzies and insoles. So. <laughs> the great I won, insult I, debate. So the insult, the, the great, great insult, insult debate. debate of you guys reacted. He just to said it. I won. No, I, I you did. That, I did was win. that the offset tweet? It, I won. I did win. <laughs> was that offset didn't. who tweeted that? He said you didn't. Yeah, I know, but the comments say I did. However, well, we need an official tally. Yeah, we can. We can tally it up for sure. But I, I think there was two different arguments <laughs> about upselling. <laughs> no, upselling, and then if insoles worked for people. So well, I'm sure they do work for some people. Well, he said. I, and I, we're I back. totally agree. No, 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 no. We're gonna put it. We're gonna put a button. I think like maybe you won the upselling argument, but uh, people <laughs> co-signed insoles actually having a benefit. So we'll call it even. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on, he won? He sent it to you, the olive branch. I mean, we could go through it. it there was fire. definitely more. We're back. He's trying, to, he's trying to give you a pound right now, Wealthy. People Zoom in. Who, people who aren't Bats. watching the video, Joe has his hand extended toward Wealthy for a pound. He's trying to meet him in the middle in okay. this argument. And Wealthy, Wealthy will not let go of his hatred for Foot Inc. It made me. He can't forget all those years. Yeah, he it's too, I'm too scarred. He was in the fucking trenches. Too okay, scarred fair. by the situation. You know what? It's, I'm here for you, though. Okay. There he we gave go. Him a See, okay, yeah. A funny one that came up, uh, a meme that I saw this morning that made me think of Foot Locker. Because mm. um, everyone says that they want to hear me rally about Foot Locker situations. Is that, you know, uh, there was a meme that went around talking about uh, re or corporations who pay their employees minimum wage, but make them forget about it by spending $34 on pizza every six months, right? <laughs> we never got pizza at finish line. I'm not talking about Sarku the pizza. Japan, amazing food court. I'm not, I'm not talking about the pizza. Pizza oh, is just funny United, that baby. a lot of people justified working at Foot Locker for very low wages mm -hmm. from the idea that you would get a discount on sneakers. Sure. But when you're working at a place where just you're- it, You just put it back in the- Where room. you're making like six twenty-five an hour. Yeah. Trying to buy two hundred dollar phone posit sneakers, <laughs> yeah. even though yeah. they're it even though they're thirty percent the store, even though they're thirty percent off. Yeah, it's like you would have been better off just getting a better paying job. Yeah, in buying the shoes I, I without just, discount. Yeah, yeah. I remember Friday or stealing them from the store. <laughs> yeah, I remember Friday paydays. One payday, I remember like literally the whole check went to the because these both released either on the same day or a week in between each other. Mm -hmm. The whole check, I remember, went to the original Jordan T-Runner mm -hmm. and the Jordan 3%. Do you remember that? 
No. It was white and red. It was like a, I guess, I don't know if it's considered a Team Jordan. Show about Team Jordans? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the Jordan 3% and the Jordan T-Runner. How many insoles yeah, did you have it. to sell to be able yeah. to afford No, that, that was be pre-insole, pre-insole upsell. Oh. Okay, hold on. The hold Dark on. Ages. Um, I'll show you guys this. Remember this at all? I'm trying to forget. Welty? I don't remember that shoe. All right, well, listen, we're going to get to this. We're going to get to the new retro. <laughs> the new retro yep, one yep, 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 is yep. going to have a mention on this episode. Um, can we talk real quick about Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones? <sighs> you love them. I'm obsessed with this. You sneaker. love them. Am I going to get a pair? Can I will myself? I, I've, I've, I've tried to say it publicly that I'm going to will myself to get them. I hope you do. Thank you. I'm here for you. <laughs> and Joe's extending the, the hand for a pound and I gave it to a Wealthy, you look, yeah. you, you yeah. were convinced. No, it's funny because, well, I guess, I don't know if we could talk about it or not, but I had gotten a bunch of spicy information about Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The talk shoes. About it. But I don't know if we can talk. Is yeah, it okay yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. about it here? Yeah. What? Okay. So Because it was things I know you you said with, like, you know, the writing things on the website. Sometimes you need to confirm it through, like, multiple layers of sources. Yeah, but we're, we're on the podcast. Okay. Maybe. I had spoken to someone... Not to blow a source or anything, but just say someone who works at Louis Vuitton. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And they had s said how the process was going on in the stores mm -hmm. about how people are going to be able to get the Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones. Right. So I'm sure a lot of people know that, like, with luxury brands like that, you have to, like, deal with the like the customer reps, like sure. the people who work Somebody in the stores. Somebody who takes care of you. Yeah, it's not just you don't walk in the store. and I mean, you maybe you can, but and just go buy it off the shelf. It's like you work with an associate, and right. they call you and, you know, let you know all everything that's coming Someone out. Someone who sold a lot of insoles to you throughout the years. Yeah. <laughs> so the person had told me that what happened with Louis Vuitton was is that there was some sort of access level to getting these shoes. Like they're not mm -hmm. just going to drop at Louis Vuitton and you walk in and they're going to sure. be on the shelves. For sure. That the first people who get offered the Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones are people who have spent over a million dollars at Louis Vuitton in the past year. Uh, wow, past year. So I'm is it, not is it, at that level yet. Well, no, a million dollars <laughs> in one year is a lot. But do you think that that's normal that people getting first crack to get the shoes are – People who spend a lot with them, yeah, that's I normal. Mean, yeah, right? I think that. I think that that's normal because it's like, like they're spending that much at Louis Vuitton, and I know you say it's like the rich get richer, but yeah. for, for a product like that, it's like you would think that that's the person who kind of yeah. like. I mean, you would feel entitled to it, right? If you, you get like these the, people a million dollars, you have your like money? your frequent flyer miles worth of like Louis for Vuitton sure. products, where you still have to pay. It's not like you're getting it for free. Yeah, you're you're still purchasing right. the shoe so they're getting the first right of refusal yeah and you on, said they get to pick out five pairs basically they, yeah they pick out five models and then they don't know which one they'll be getting but it's like which one would you want oh then the company's like been incentivized or some extent to pick people who have spent a lot of money mm -hmm. in the store but it doesn't go necessarily the next to if you spend seven hundred and fifty thousand right. dollars then you automatically get it from there they're saying that it should be someone who spent a lot of money mm -hmm. with Louis Vuitton, but it should be someone who they think is genuinely going to be into these products. And wearing them, not reselling Yeah, them. someone who would want a pair of Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones, maybe not just someone who has a level of access, but you know they're going to end up reselling them yeah. or, or whatever. So, yeah. so what you're saying is our boy... Our boy checks one box. That he's, he's down to hold on. I'm he's down to wear them. He really wants them. He's been talking about it a lot. Yeah. 
the other 750,000 to a million in, <laughs> in the last 365? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm happy we have all that information because they've been a little yeah, would you go to dinner with tight with like, the oh. info, but Wealthy did have somebody from LV telling him that. So I'm glad I'm glad we have all that, although I am sad to, the, uh, sad some to other know things, how you said, far or out I, am I had told that. you that, you know, they had to choose. They don't still don't get notified which shoe they're going to get. Right. But then when they finally do get contacted mm -hmm. that they're going to purchase the shoes, that they have to, like, give the payment within a certain window mm -hmm. or else they're not. Wow. In well, the hope, product was somebody... going to be shipped directly to the person's house, so they're not going to be like in the stores like at all. That would make sense to me, basically. just yeah. to avoid like any yeah any chaos. And they said yeah. they had a lot of learnings from the Supreme release. Sure. So you're saying I'll be out here fighting for scraps? Well, I mean, unless you Bring can somehow for you. What, is there was there a window at some point of how and what. You know, with the cutoff date for spending the million dollars. Imagine he just went <laughs> <laughs> before the Houston trip. Just got all Louis luggage to try to qualify. Dallas, you buy all the you buy all before the, the Texas trip. <laughs> you get all the you get all the human made Louis Vuitton. Like, oh, I would love still, that. I would love that. Yeah, you know who pulled up in the hope. Salehi pulled up in the that's right, human that's made right, LV. That's right. The Salehi episode is out now. When this it's comes out, out that's right? why we're talking about it. And it's okay, a banger. Okay, just just making sure. But yes, and my voice is back. Because <laughs> that one, I'm worried about that. Louis Vuitton Air Force One. I, I need a pair. I am trying to remain hopeful. You know what else I want to go back and buy? Because you know it's been raining a lot here in New York lately. ACG Mountain Fly. Rain all black all ACG Mountain Fly. The one that looks bad on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I might have to grab those on eBay. Go for it. Yeah, it rained a lot this weekend. Every day you wake up, it's like gray. I was wearing those highs and lows Asics, and like they had like the hairy suede toe, and I'm mm -hmm. like walking through New York City, and I'm like, oh god. You yeah, have bad stain. luck with the suede sneakers in the rain. Yeah. What about some rain and stain, or you know, you don't oh, co-sign that either. I co-sign that. Okay. Rain and stain. This is another upsell wait, item. So, so wait, would you? Would you? No, I used to offer that to people. Okay, I was like, because you, you have a suede shoe, like you know. You know how I used to sell that? Used to spray things and spit on their sneakers. No, and drop I would it spray on. it on my khakis. Oh, literally spray rain and stain. Tropicana on there, no, Snapple. No, water. And it would just uh, beat off. Sobe? You, you, were you a Sobe drinker? No. Well, do you remember Sobe? Yes. L li the lizard? No. It just reminds me of like, remember some, some years you'd get stuck with like the like the 10, 25 a.m. like lunch in high school? No, I don't know what that means. Like third period was her lunch? Like there was like three different lunch periods, yeah. but you'd either be like a 10.30 lunch, oh, like 11.30 okay. lunch, or like a one o'clock lunch or something like yeah. that. And for whatever reason, you'd get stuck like 10.45 in the morning. So did, you used to leave, did you used to leave high school to go out to lunch? Senior, that was like the big senior thing. Senior year you could. Bagels cool. by the Bay, we used to go. But you're you're drinking the red Fruitopia. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Well, that's Dave Matthews at 8.30, cracks open a Mountain Dew. Oh, my God. All right. Should, uh, should we give away some sneakers? Yes, mm -hmm. we should. Should we, should we do it? All right. Yep. Y'all should know how this works by now. But in case you don't, every week we give away a free pair of sneakers with the good people at eBay. eBay sneakers with the authenticity guarantee tag on there. You can go to ebay.complex.com to submit a question for us to answer here on the air. If we pick your question and we read out your question and we address it, we're going to send you a free pair of sneakers for the trouble. For the toe? For the toe, too. It's also good you don't read the YouTube comments because every week they're still uh, submitting. <laughs> do not do not ask in the YouTube comment Still. section. Yep, they are. Oh. They're asking why they don't show love to international. Oh, this yeah, is a good US question only, though. US only. Okay, who are we giving this in This is a good question, and I feel like this is like a 2012 complex uh, sneaker. List or something. Yeah, 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 list. Yeah. So, 
<sighs> Dustin Rocha from San Francisco asks, what's your favorite sneaker reference in music? You're, wow. giving, you're giving me uh, flashbacks of back in that era of like having to put together those lists yeah, and but how there were some bangers. I know, but how exhaustive it is to write a story where it's like a hundred and like fifteen slides, where it's like, oh no, where it's like every like rap reference in this, and then you forget one and you get like like obliterated on yeah. the internet, even though you're like. Do you realize that I stayed up till yeah. four fifteen in the morning last night <laughs> working on this story, and I from the previous workday? I think I put the one time I put together was like every Dom Kennedy sneaker reference. Yeah, and you missed one, <laughs> dude. No, but just the amount of hours yeah, put yeah, into yeah. that. All right. So, what are the sneakers we're giving away before we address? The we're giving here? away the Ame Leon Door New Balance Nine Nine Seven. These. There was two colorways mm -hmm. in this. I think there was a pair that had like a pink tongue mm -hmm. on it. This pair has a maroon tongue on it. These ones were more limited. I didn't realize. That. Yeah, yeah. I didn't never saw the box on these. It uh, flowers. Nice. Yep. This was. I feel like this was kind of. This one was right before the Ame boom hype hit, and before the New Balance hype hit a little bit. Yeah, because right? this was before the. The um the nine ninety V two that they did yeah, and the V yeah, five yeah. where yeah. like the there was a lineup or the cops broke broke it up yeah good looking shoe beautiful shoe so favorites sneaker references and music we could we could spend an hour on this I know. alone and it might be we might have to come back to this just for a full episode yeah. we'll see yeah for mine for me I'd have to think but right off the bat one that definitely sticks out I'm a nice dude with some nice dreams yeah. to these ice cubes see these ice creams I remember being at Yukon Coventry Lake House where we lived off campus I remember when the video came out seeing that and Pharrell showing the shoes shows the shoes yeah. up to the camera and then of course on the Pharrell sneaker shopping I asked him about it and it was the Reeboks were blurred out he said it was like a BET what about kind of the thing. Yeah. the other Pharrell sneaker reference you could, mm. pay, well, you you could, could pay three and buy yeah. yourself some bases. He had a bunch, yeah. Bulletproof on the T-shirt because yes. they hate us. Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah, so that would be mine. Oh, Welty, you got, I mean, you got to Well, bunch. I got to say it because of this, right? Yeah. Kennedy? No. Oh. R.I.P. Fife Dog. Okay, yes. I sport New Balance sneakers to avoid narrow path. Yes. I feel like that's legendary. El Bunk's New Balance collectors that's a legendary lyric also this isn't even honorary because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like 1a 1b yeah. right Ghostface, pure bright fat, fat yellow, yellow air, air max, max hit the racks snatch a must sun 20 dollars off no, no tags ah, see there's all these ones i forgot about now because i was thinking about this beforehand oh man i know there's a bunch and also was always a fan of the everyone knows remix yeah okay Remember that song mm -hmm. and lupe had the line she had her high heels. I had my high tops. Dude, Lupe alone. HTM trainers. Yeah. When uh, yeah. What about you? No, I mean, that for me. Yeah, HTM trainers. Um, you know, Jay Z on the blueprint, Lampin' in the Hamptons, the Stan Smith Fatigue. Adidas for the campus. Yeah, that's mean, a great one. Great one. MF Doom, perforated rod lavers and all quad flavors. Yeah, large savers. <laughs> Back in the game, like Jack oh, Lane. Yeah. Dog. Don't even go no. on forever. Yeah. Um, you know what? Here's here's like a weird one that is like very on brand for me, and I think actually a little bit inaccurate was on L LP, the song Smithereens. Oh, where yes. he says, I'll, I'll rip your squad and nothing but a cock ring and a pair of Porter Rock dunks. But there, I think okay. he just meant like 
Puerto Rock Air Force Ones because there were no there was never a Puerto Rico dunk, right? But uh, what yeah. About, what about LP's uh, whole song about his mom buying him fake Air Jordan Ones in yeah, 1985? Yeah. 1985 got Red Top Live. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we could go on for that uh, for much longer. Great question. But yeah. And I a pair of New Balances. Stump, who who? What? I ain't trying to stump, man, but... Oh, sure. Sure. He jumped over the... I mean, the whole song, fast, right? Just jumped over the... Yeah. Uh, So, yes, Dustin Rocha, San Francisco, you're getting a pair of those Ame New Balances. Great question. Great sneaker. All right, should we bring on our guest? Yeah. one. Let's do it. Our guest on today's podcast has been one of the most notable figures in everything street culture since before Complex's inception. He's had a prominent retail store, a clothing line that has spanned over two and a half decades and has continued to be a master at brand marketing in an ever-changing industry. From a product perspective, he's collaborated with every brand from Tag Heuer, New Balance, Puma, Payless, Crocs, and more, but his pigeon collaboration on a Nike Dunk SB would change the trajectory of how both sneakerheads and outsiders would view the budding era of hype. In addition to product design, he currently is focused on NFT and crypto collaborative projects as his brand staple gets set to celebrate its 25th anniversary. We know an hour isn't going to be enough for all his history, but we're going to do our best. Please welcome to the Complex Sneakers Podcast, Jeff Staple. What up? How you doing, fellas? Great. I'm good. Hanging in there. How are you, man? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. you got you got an interesting piece of footwear on today. We got to talk about the shoes we're wearing, right? Yes. Right when we get here. <laughs> uh, these are our new Crocs, um, where you know they they have the saying sometimes you're the pigeon and sometimes you're the statue, mm. but with these you're always the pigeon. So <laughs> okay. Just uh, just embodying the actual pigeon on your feet, I think, was pr- a pretty fun idea. Um, Crocs is a great partner. You know, they said in concept like we've never made a gibbets that big before. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't know if it's possible. Yeah. So the whole idea of like, you know what, like at Nike, they have like the Nike wear test center. Like yeah. I had to like wear test these gibbets to make sure they fall. <laughs> like wear testing yeah. Crocs is like a whole different thing. You're wow. like at the beach walking your dog. You're like, these work. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's Staple no dunking Crocs involved. <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll talk about our footwear too. I have the uh, SNS Tailwind 4. This is, what number? These are numbered out of, this is number just I can't find the number out of number. out of nine what what number is it? You have thirteen eighteen out of nineteen ninety nine. Thirteen eighteen out of nine. So if you ever see these on eBay, know that I'm down bad because <laughs> we have the official number on record here. Okay. Um doing the clot Jordan five lows. Shouts to clot. Kinda almost has like a satin type of uh 3M material on the upper. I've been wearing these the whole weekend. Okay. So yeah. Shout out to good people in Australia. Uh, these are the up there store Asics GT2. I think Asics has finally been making some good shoes again. So yeah, there's it. some interesting Asics projects floating around. Yeah, I like those. Nice. I like that we're all representing different brands. It's like a it's like a new day yeah. in sneaker yeah, culture. Yeah, it's like not that. all swooshes or all three stripes. <laughs> you know. I do want to start though an older day in sneaker culture. Mm-hmm. Paragon Sports came up randomly before we hit <laughs> record. Yeah. You said you worked there. Yeah, Paragon. For those who don't know, Paragon Sporting Goods is like the OG mom and pop sneaker shop that did good like mm-hmm. it used to be a small little shop then they took over all of like 18th street and broadway pretty much mm-hmm. and in college i got a part-time job there made a ton of money were you selling insoles no i was i was in the sneaker <laughs> and inline skates department and wow. at this era in the late 90s stream skating rollerblading was like Everybody needed rollerblades. Yeah. It was like the Cabbage Patch Kid. Like we're, <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, like the mob scene of people trying to get skates. We couldn't keep them in stock. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was working the sales floor, getting commissions, a dollar per skate. You know. Wow. Was, and yeah. you were you had some celebrity clientele you were selling shoes to. We had, yeah. I mean, 
Paragon is kind of like the mecca for mm. for any true New Yorker. So like, I sold shoes to Madonna, Brian Gumble, wow. Giuliani and his kid. What'd like, you sell them? <laughs> yeah, what, what? Cortez's no. or. Nah, this was probably in the time of like Bojax and Andre Agassi, oh, like okay. Air Tech Challenge. Really? I feel like you were probably in that era you were selling like Madonna Air Max 95s when Air Max 95s first came out because yes. she wanted to go running in them. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Sport, there was sport, it's a sporting goods store. Yeah. So you, no one goes there to like flex. Now they're trying to be lifestyle. Um, but it was cool. I mean, I was working the floor with uh, my homie Dao Yi Chow. Shout out to Public School. And we were just hustling. Ah, I remember th those are the like work in the floor, mm -hmm. go in the back, and then we're gonna I'm gonna age us, but like we'd be in the break room and he'd be like, "Yo, look at this mixtape from J. Rue the Damager," and I'd be mm. like, "Whoa, what's <laughs> J. Rue the Damager?" Wow. You know, like yeah, Thirty Six Chambers came out that yeah. year. These were like the good old days. You Did know? you ever That's have awesome. to do any like loss prevention where people trying to steal sneakers? Oh, you had to. Um, they had this policy where you had to check your bag every day yep. before you leave to make sure. You know, oh, you like the people working there. Yeah, yeah, oh, the employees. Yeah. yeah. But what about customers? Oh yeah, I'm sure theft was crazy there, but it's not my job. That was like the typical <laughs> part-time mentality. Not my job. Yeah. I ju I'm just here to sell skates, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. Yes. You, you went on from there. You, staple. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even have staple back then. This yeah. was probably like '95. So. Yeah. A few um, years before. I we're, found we're 25 it, years in, right? This is the 25th wow. anniversary. Yeah. Congratulations. So timely that I'm on your show, you know, and we're able to talk about it. But Definitely. in 1997 was the first year that I hand-printed staple shirts at Parsons School of Design, um, and I sold them at the Triple Five Soul Store in the Lower East Side. 12 t-shirt order from Camilla Elke mm. started the brand in 97, and I've just been snowballing ever since then. Yeah, the longevity is crazy for for the brand. And I uh, jumping around, I remember being an intern at Complex. Bradley would send me to get samples and stuff, and at uh, the Reed Space. Yeah, I remember. Was it his name Morgan who worked? Yeah, Morgan. So wow. inti so intimidating. Who's Morgan? So Morgan was the manager. Let me tell you something. We talk about Chris Vidal. Mm -hmm. Morgan was yeah. tough too, yeah. right? Yeah, he was the streetwear Nazi, fully Let tatted like. Full Guys. sleeves, six foot two. Talk about like t Vidal. Yeah, I would. This I is would, old school New York streetwear. Like, don't would, touch the fucking shirts. He was <laughs> tough. I remember just being like, "Did you have to fight him to get the no, shirts?" No, no, he was tall. He was tall. I would not want to fight him. I was a little. And I just remember being like, Bradley, be like, "Yeah, so I think the samples are at Reed Space. Whether we were doing the T-shirt page or yeah. whatever, I go and I'd like. I think I'd have to pick it up and I'd be like, "Oh, going to see Morgan." And it was literally like. Yes. Yes, like, sir. Please pick. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tough, tough he guy. But yeah, I remember those trips. But funny story about Morgan. Morgan's last name is Morgan DuPont. Okay. Of the, the DuPont. DuPont 3M. Wow. The like, fortune. Yeah. Yep. But what he explained to me was that like the trust every generation gets less and less. And so like his parents didn't have to work. Yeah. But he just got enough where like. It ruined his life, but he still had to have a job, which is why he was at Reed's Space. <laughs> like, it was basically enough money to get, like, as much alcohol and cocaine as you wanted, but you still needed, like, a career, you know? So, There's like, a crazy movie about that. Foxcatcher, right? Yeah. yeah. About the DuPont Empire? Yeah. Uh, Steve Carell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. A true yeah. story. A true story. Yeah, for sure. But I kind of liked low-key that I had a DuPont working for me. I was yeah, like, that's pretty gangster. Remember, <laughs> sorry, it's a true story and it's a do story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first staple item I remember buying, I got a five-panel hat 
off of digital gravel. Yeah. Dude, digital, digital gravel. gravel. It was, it was, a, it was yes. a tan. Shit. It was like a tan five panel uh-huh. that the staple logo was flipped into a microscope. Uh huh. Yeah. It was a microscope S. Yeah. Wow. Nice one. Yeah. Dude. Digital gravel. I just remember it was. Black and purple, right? Yeah, yeah. The digital. I mean, do you remember the Diggers Club? Yeah, the digital gravel thing where you, it was a subscription thing, and you, you got the pay, limited edition T-shirt. Yeah, you yep. get a different T-shirt every month, but yeah. it was only through that. Yeah, yeah. That's well, like early blockchain NFT. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's actual practical application of it. Twenty right. years before. Yep. Wow. Those days, Jeff, are you the type to be like those were the the heyday? Those are like the best days, or or not necessarily in terms of like where we are now, twenty five years later. It's it's funny. So I try to split my brain in half where mm-hmm. it's like there's a part of me that really respects and pays homage to that era mm-hmm. because I do think that era of sneaker culture, street culture and hip hop in general was the last golden era mm-hmm. of culture. And it's it really comes down to like Internet and social media. Right. Because prior to that, like it was pre social media, which means in order for you to get the intel and the information, you had to get off your ass, walk Knock yep. on a door, you shake a hand. Morgan. Yep. You had to step to Morgan. Yep. Go to Supreme. Get scared. Get yelled at for you know trying on a shirt. Like you had to experience all these things. And even though Instagram and social media can replicate ninety nine percent, it can't get to that last mile where you feel all the sensory things that are happening. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's my my last sort of golden era. But the other side of my brain is like going back to NFTs. Is like I could be the curmudgeon that's like ah. You know, I could have been that way about e-com or yeah. social media. You know, yeah. there's there's heads from my generation that still don't have an Instagram account because they feel like that's mm. not the way it should be. And I don't want to be that guy either. I want to continue to have an eye on, like, innovating and just seeing what's out there, you know. Um, but at the same time, I got to pick my battles. Like, for instance, I'm not on TikTok, right? So, You're not hitting dances? No, nah, I'm not doing viral <laughs> dances. But you have to pick your battles. I can't be on, like, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, yeah. Discord, NFT, like, there's only 24 hours in a day, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really mindful of how much I try to put my hands on and not overdo it. Because I think if you overdo it, you end up being below average and sort of whack at everything yeah. versus, like, having sort of, like, mm-hmm. levels of expertise and less things. Do you feel like sometimes, like, you mentioned that in that space where, you know, every, no one wants to get left behind. Yeah. But then sometimes people are willing to jump on everything because they don't want to get left behind. Yeah. Do you... Do you feel like that at I'm, all sometimes? I'm always with... policing myself for that because I do a lot, mm. you know, and I'm quite frankly sometimes sick of hearing myself promote shit that I'm doing. I'm like, <laughs> God, like, and it's it's because my team is like, yo, don't forget, Jeff, 3 o'clock, you got to post this. Tomorrow, yeah. you got to 2 yeah. p.m., you got to post that. I'm just like, yo, I'm like tired of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to just post a sunset just so people know I'm not like a used car salesman. Yeah, you know an I mean? algorithm. Yeah, an algorithm that's just posting things to buy. Yeah. So like. Um, I'm always mindful of like making sure saying no instead of saying yes all the time is just as key and important, you know. And that that's hard because when you're an entrepreneur and like you've got rent and you know 50 employees yeah. overhead, you want to say yes to everything so that you can sustain the business, but you also don't want to like dilute yourself. Obviously, you know. Yeah. yeah, I feel like also with your career, so many people know the big footwear things, you know, stapled. Pigeon Dunk is yeah. the obvious one, but they forget about all the other stuff, or they never knew about the other stuff. I feel like we need to talk about that, like Navigation Pack. Nikes, yeah, yeah. You know, like, how yeah. did that happen? All of those were, you know, Navigation Pack, Nordic Pack, mm-hmm. Laser Rift, Laser Cortez. Um, these were all things that were done, even, like, the Nike NRF Basketball League. I don't know if yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah, those were all things that were done pre-Pigeon Dunk, you know. So one of the biggest sort of critiques and comments I hear is, like, oh, you put a pigeon on a shoe, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's it. You became famous. But it's like... 
you have to realize Nike doesn't just call random people. Like we were already, we had a relationship. We were already doing stuff. And even before that, when Nike asked me, I think the first shoe we did was, I think it was the Laser Cortez and Laser Riff was the first shoe that we did. Mm. Even before that, they recognized that like, wow, you have this small streetwear brand that's got legs, you Mm -hmm. know, in the right places. You're a designer, because at the time I was um, art director of the Fader magazine. Right. Mm. So they knew that like, oh, you have design skills. And you're obviously a sneaker connoisseur. Like, you know your shit. Can I curse? Yes. Okay. So you know your shit in sneakers. You know, like, we need to fly you out to Beaverton. That's how it happened. And then we started to, like, germinate on what it was. And I forgot about Nike Considered. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I named Nike Considered. Wow. Like, I named it. I wrote the manifesto for Nike Considered. We did the launch at Reed Space. And these are all things that, for better or for worse, you know, gift and the curse, it's like the pigeon just overpowers all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's... It's fine. You know, I always think about like Nas and, you know, I'm sure like yeah. when he performs, everyone's like, play Omatic. It's yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. made many other albums, you know, like, or Pharrell, yeah. like, do Happy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they don't even know <laughs> about know the Pharrell Neptunes. For happy. That's crazy. Well, people, sometimes mainstream, people hate yeah. their, hate their main, most main, not hate, but like their most mainstream hits. They're, they always shy Complicated away. Complicated relationship. Yeah. You were saying off camera and yeah. you talk about Nike and like you naming Consider. Did you ever think, of taking a job at Nike? Mm-hmm. They offered me a job. Yeah. Is for, for doing what? Head of Nike New York City. And so you turned we, it down or? Like, the, you know how they have the New York City office? Yeah. They yeah. offered me the head of the whole thing. Um, when was this? Really long time ago. Like, at least 15 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they said, yeah, here's your package. And point number 7.3, you will give up staple. Really? Yeah. So you they said no buy, to it because like, of that? They would. You would just remove yourself. They would, buy, or what? You either have to sell your share. They wouldn't buy it. Okay. It was pre-artifact. Got it. They just like gobble stuff up. But like, okay. no, they they just said you either you remove yourself, you sell it, but you can't do staple if you're going to be head of Nike New York City. Interesting. Yeah. So and that I, was like the, the deal breaker. That was yeah. a deal breaker. Yeah. I mean, they were they were offering a good package, but what kind of package? <laughs> Go straight for the jugular. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a good. It was a good. You know, multi six figure package yeah. with like you know all the bells and whistles of yeah. like stock options and everything like that. But um, it's a cliche to say, but are you going to bet on yourself or are you going right. to bet on like the easy bag? You who, know, and I, I took the bet on myself. Yeah. And who do you I'm, think Jeff Staple is today if you take that job? Uh, I'll tell you who I would be. I know the answer. Fraser Cook. I would right? be. No, I, I wouldn't be Fraser Cook because I can't party like he can. <laughs> but I would probably be I would probably be burnt out from Nike at this point, uh-huh. and I would be like creative director of leaning in China, making like three million a year. Wow, that sounds not bad. You know, you That's know what not I mean? bad. Like, no, but I'd become a traveling man. Yeah, I know the corporate. zone you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, like, you yeah. wouldn't have as as strong of an identity in the no. work that you were doing. No, the problem is when you know when you're at a big corporation, you're like pushing papers and crunching. You're trying to be democratic, right? You're trying to balance the needs of like 200 people and stockholders and everything like that. So what comes out is not the best thing. Mm -hmm. It is the lowest common denominator of what makes everyone happy. Mm. Those are two very different things. And that's how how things operate in a publicly traded company, you know? And then you get burnt out and then you will jump to Adidas and then you jump to Under Armour. And then like, it's kind of weird because like, the lower you go in stature, the bigger the bag gets. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So, yeah, well, they're I, just desperate for you to be <laughs> there. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so I, they can so put I, out the press release. I'd be at leaning now with, like, the huge bag. <laughs> have, from your own experience, have you seen that? Yeah. Like an example where you're just like, I, I know, but the bag is crazy? 
in my friends. No, like for your per- personal. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's a fact. Yeah, I mean the the brands where you know their shit don't stink. Mm. They're like we are bequeathing you with the honor of being able to collaborate with us. Right. We'll give you some promo pairs. Here's exposure. Yeah. And free pairs. You know. Thank you. Like, mm. <laughs> unfortunately, my landlord doesn't accept free pairs right. as rent. You know, but we'll at you on the IG story. It's like, yeah, it's no, the whole. Good. You know, I'm sure you heard of this marketing term, but like challenger brand, mm. right? There's the there's the leader, and then there's the people challenging the leader. And when you're a challenger brand, you got to like pull out bigger mm-hmm. guns and like you know put more money on the table and try to get more assets. It's natural. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's kind of normal. You know, it's just that the leaders have been. You know, if you want to work for like Apple or Nike you're not going to be in a, in a state of leverage. They're going to have the leverage over you because right. they know their shit don't stink. Do you feel like with that, where I feel like with brands like Nike and Apple, it's almost like there's like a cult around it to, to some degree where like you have to be 100% drinking the Kool-Aid or if you're wearing another brand, it's mm-hmm. like you're no longer part of our tribe yeah. anymore. Being that you were such a heavily Nike guy, uh-huh. And then you went to do all these other things. Yeah. Did that change your perception yeah. at Nike? Or did they look at you differently? Through... They, I was never, okay, how do I answer this? I'm a Nike guy in the sense that mm-hmm. I absolutely love and adore yeah. Nike, like a religion, like we all do. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't like the guy that was like, I'm not having a blue Adidas box in my collection. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember even back in those days, I was like early on like Prada, Mew Mew, you know, sneaker shoes, yeah. mm-hmm. Adis, like I'd wear Diodoras. Like I'm just like, I just love all footwear. Um, so I was never a true Nike guy. And that was also one of the big things was like, I've seen friends who like, if they're on a beach and if they're wearing Javianas and they take a selfie, they get a call from HR. Like, oh, saw you in Javianas. Like Javianas, like that's not even a competitor. What? I'm sorry. I don't know what Javianas. The sandals. sandals. Okay. The like Brazilian the rainbow sandal on that everybody wears. <laughs> With the yeah. flag on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, no, you'd get a call from HR and you'd be like, you know, we do make pool slides. You could have worn those. Yeah. And like, you know, I remember when like, you know, I remember when Frank Cook wore like a pair of Vans and he posted it and everyone in the industry was like, I remember oh, Frank, that. Frank, I definitely you, texted right? that to somebody. Frank, like, are you okay? Do you, yeah. Is everything cool? Yeah, I wore Vans. Like, yeah. I, I have a personality. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. you're right. When you when you work at Nike, they want you to drink the full Kool-Aid. They want the tattoo of the swoosh on your ankle. And if you don't, <laughs> it, you become a liability. And I think the issue that the big brands are having now is that these people that work at the brands, they used to not have their own Instagram, LinkedIn profiles. Mm-hmm. Now you got people like... My man Bryce, who's got like, you know, at Bryce, Wong. The, Bryce Wong, he's got like, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of followers. He's now become a media entity onto himself. Mm. And now a lot of eyeballs are watching. It's not just Bryce, it's everyone, you know, yeah. like Jessica Washick. She's, I'm a huge fan of yep. her. She's like Nike Air Force One designer. So, like, these people that are gaining notoriety, Nike has to reckon, like, man, we've got these people that have personalities of their own, they're whole human beings. And we can't expect them to be forehead to sock to toe Nike 24 7. So, how do we? balance their personalities with protecting the brand, you know? And I think that's like a challenge that these big corporations have to go through, yeah. which, is a, which is a challenge for me as a creator. You know, people sometimes ask me like, how come you never got like the five-year Virgil all-in deal, mm-hmm. you know? And it's because I think they know my answer and I know my answer, which is like, I like doing shit like this. You know, exclusivity, I, you couldn't- I will never sign an exclusivity long-term yeah. deal. I don't think I will. Lee Ning, baby. <laughs> Calling Lee Ning. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's a number, honestly, that like would preclude me from wearing one brand for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's good too because you got to do so many other projects that that mean something, you know, with other brands having not just been I'm the Nike guy. I mean, yeah. like, the New Balance five seven five. Yeah. Like, to me, that's such a cool one. Yeah, I've done like five New Balances mm -hmm. since. You yeah, know? And it's yeah. like it's kind of like being a connoisseur. Where like, if you're like known for being a wine connoisseur mm -hmm. and you could like judge and taste all these wines, and the company's like, we want you to drink our wine for the rest of your life. Like you're removing the fact that I'm known for being yeah. a yeah. connoisseur, a wine guy. Yeah, or like a food taster. Like you can only eat at like no matter how good the food is like even if it was like 11 madison park you can only eat at 11 madison park for the rest of your life no i still gotta go to like joe's pizza every once in a while yeah. you know 11 madison park is fire yeah the, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the new the new balances because I'm, I'm a new balance guy but those yeah. new balances to me personally it's my favorite work that you've done over Thank the you. years the gray pair in the white pair yep. i always thought they were great you know and it's, there's so many new balance collabs out there where it's like where do you rank them all but yeah like I think that those were thanks good then that was probably frankly like i can speak about this now because we've now come back to nike in a sense but like mm -hmm. after the og pigeon dunk mm -hmm. there was other shoes but then there was like the og new balance gray yeah. that you mentioned then the white then the black yeah. and i think people then at the time at nike were like oh we thought he was really down with us but he kind of cheated on us here mm, that's so but crazy. in my mind i'm like i didn't cheat on you because there wasn't this long-term agreement like it's literally where's the ring on my finger right yeah. like mm -hmm. if you had put a ring on my finger after og pigeon maybe we would have had a discussion but there was no ring and you, so did you want that or uh i was so young then that like i probably would have accepted a long-term deal with sb at that point but mm. it didn't happen no no hard feelings but then if someone else calls me i'm gonna go on a, on that date yeah, yeah. What, what would the following i know because you end up doing the you know the, black the black yep. and then the the panda yeah 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 pigeons but what would the if you had that ring on your finger yeah. right after what would the following staple shoes have looked like in your head what kind of ideas were your the kicking? dream would have been i recently posted this on ig but like jordan called after that yeah and wanted me to work together and i was like holy grail this is it jordan mm -hmm. staple and then they were like, we want you to work on the new retro low. I have and a bone like, to pick with you because I like that shoe. <laughs> Jeff, I like that shoe. You like know, it today or you liked it back then uh, too? I wore it in college. Weirdly, I wore it a lot in college uh -huh. and I love the Wings logo of it. But also very weird, I always say this, I wore it to play intramural soccer on like turf, which was crazy. <laughs> I just wanted to be like the sneaker guy, but like I wore that. It's kind of a Samba looking shoe, you know? Like It's a, it's a dunk. Yeah, a dunk bottom, yeah. literally. And I think that's what they were thinking. Like, okay, good job on the dunk. We're doing a Jordan dunk. Come on. And I wrote, I wrote on IG. I was like, I saw, we saw that, that was probably you could argue like a mistake on my part because to I not do it to not do it. I probably could have got my foot in the door, done that thing. It would have hit, been a home run, and then it would have been a conversation about the three or the one. You would have lined up for him. Uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, even like just top down, it could be a good shoe. But yeah, I was like, oh man, right. that I made been it interesting. Been, would it have been? Like a, <laughs> would it have been a repeat of the staple pigeon colorway on that new? No, no, because that came so much later. The black pigeon. So then, you know, I, going through the lineage, it was the New Balances, bunch of other yeah. stuff. Then they called back, and I know one of the things we want to talk about is Dunk Resurgence. Yeah. Right? Yep. That year when they called me f back for, for Black Pigeon, first of all, it was real redemption on my, like internally low key, I've never said this out loud, but like I had even thought that like, fine, I do all these other things, it's cool, the Nike ship has sailed, we're parting ways, mm. we can say hello to each other cordially when we see each other But in you restaurant. thought maybe you'd never work yeah, with Nike Yeah, it's fine, yeah. but I created this thing that is like mythological, so it's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. When they called back, it was like patience, 
worked out in my favor. Like, I wasn't annoying to them. I wasn't on some, like, you owe me another collab, you know. Did my thing, showed my legacy and what I'm capable of doing. Never pitched them, and they called me to, to come back with nice. the black dunk. And then just 11 months later, we did the panda pigeon dunk. Mm. So yeah. it was, like, further, like, yo, redemption. But I wasn't saying that. I was just, in my head, I was like, it feels so good that I... I didn't follow the normal path of like sign exclusivity contract right. and wait. It was I did my thing, y'all recognized, and then you called me back. You know. Were you surprised to see the level to which Dunk started to pop off again when all the prices went super high on no, the secondary market? No, because it market? was a it was a formulated attack by Nike to respond to NMD and Ultra Boost. Really? Yeah. Well, it was. So tell us about. Yeah. That. What do you mean by saw the decks? No, I heard the conversation. I was involved yeah. in the conversations. It yeah. was. It was like, you know, they if you remember in this era when NMD came out mm -hmm. yeah. and Ultra Boost, Yeezy, Jumpman, White, Ultra Boost, that era was the first time we saw like Tyson get clocked in the face. Mm -hmm. Right? It was yeah. like, mm -hmm. oh my God, Nike's like faltering back yeah. and Adidas could actually do this, you know? Um, and that's when I think what happened was they just woke up the giant really. You know, mm -hmm. Nike was probably being a little lax at that point. And they knew at the time they had the dunk in their back pocket. It hadn't fully relaunched yet. They had Trav. And all of a sudden, magically, Trav starts wearing lobsters and, like, you know, like mm -hmm. all these old what the dunks and stuff, right? Then Nick Diamond gets the call. Mm -hmm. We're going to do three pack with you, complex con takeover. Mm -hmm. Then I get the call. And it's like, yo, Jeff, Black Pigeon, Panda Pigeon, right? So it was like, they were, and then they even called back like Sarah from Colette. They did this whole thing with like Ambush mm -hmm. and Sarah, yeah. and then this female like with Sakai and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. they just, I mean, kudos to Nike. They like looked at the war table and they were like, yo, everyone we might have had an issue with before, we're burying all hatchets. Wow. We have one common enemy and it's three stripes in Germany. Hmm. Everyone come back. Errolson came back then. You yeah. remember? The Presto. Mm -hmm. He was, yes. that was the same era, the, the Errolson Presto. So they just went like, pop, 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 like, <laughs> and, Adi just could not retaliate. They didn't have enough things to retaliate with. And that's when you saw, I just recently had this conversation with someone who left Adi. I'll, I'll choose to remain nameless for them. But they said the, the response to that response from Nike was pump out as many NMD colorways and oh uppers God. and ultra boosts as and you can. And it completely killed, killed oh. it. And the guy that I talked to was like, that's wrong. They were like, no, we need... We need 52 NMDs, one a week. It. We want a different NMD Rinsed in the it. windows of Foot Locker every single week. And they're like, you're going to kill the golden goose that we have. Yeah. And that's what they did. Wow, we should do a mini doc on that. <laughs> on the NFT alone? No, this, sorry, that, NFT, this, NMD. NMD. <laughs> NMD in the dunk? Yeah, don't steal that. Yeah, mini, a mini retrospective on that we era. We should do that. Yeah. Going back real quick, because another thing before I forget, I remember when we wanted to talk to Hiroshi, we were going through you for Complex Magazine. Like... Like oh, when we yeah, had, yeah. I remember that article. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you were like the, the gateway to get to him, and I think you interviewed him. Yeah. But were you around at all for HTM? Uh-huh. What, what could you talk about that? That's been popping up a little bit on yeah. the podcast. What could you talk about like that era and, and that collective? Super dope, but like very low-key. I mean, it was – HTM is no joke, like Hiroshi Tinker and Mark, mm. just on calls together. Mm -hmm. So it's not this big, sexy, like – to do it's i remember being like you know you remember the sock dart yeah. yeah so i saw the sock dart 10 years before it came out sitting on hiroshi's desk and every year when i go to tokyo i'd be like what are you, you gonna saw do the with this original sock the original sock yeah. dart that didn't even have structure wow. it was an outsole they didn't have the buckle yet and the thing just like fell down and like the sock just fell into the outsole and i was like hiroshi what are you gonna do with this thing he's like oh i don't know 
me and Tinker are still tinkering with it, you know, and then it took 10 years for that to come out. So there's no like prerogative to be like, we have to make fall 12 deliveries or anything like yeah. that. It's really like a skunk work project. Um, and that's kudos to Mark Parker for allowing them to sort of have that protection bubble to release whatever it is they wanted to release, you know? Mm. Yeah. It, are you sad it'll never happen again? Or do you feel like it'll never happen again? It'll never happen again, but no. it may happen with other people. Yeah. You know, not Tinker, Mark, and Not Marisha. John Donahoe. Who? John Donahoe. Is no, no, no. I, I don't want to. I, yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> sure, sure. I doubt in my, it. In my opinion, not Jeff Tinker. I remember I actually got to interview Tinker about, I think it was like the 10 year anniversary or something of HTM. Mm -hmm. or, and we were talking about the sock dart. And this is when the sock dart had like re released with all like, there was the fragment pairs and yeah. there was like the uh, Independence Day pack or yep. whatever. And he said he was. He was so angry at Nike at the time for not believing in the sock dart. At first, like the brand was just like, "No, we can't do this. The consumers won't buy it." That that shoe moved, right? No, that they sold a ton of those. Yeah, you know? but they didn't believe in it long term. Or at, at first, just yeah. when he had like originally pitched the idea, you know, right. in the early two thousands, they're like, "No." Yeah, and that's that goes back to that thing I was talking about with like design by committee. Mm -hmm. or like lowest common denominator design, you know? So like even someone with the stature internally of a tinker does not have the weight to move it past mm -hmm. all the all the BS that happens, you know? Even Considered, I mean, Considered was like a two-year project that died. And because basically the argument was, if we put out these six shoes that say they're going to save the earth, what are we saying about the other 2,000 shoes that are sitting at Models and Champs? Right. Like they couldn't get over that PR potential nightmare, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so they killed it, and then they watered it down into this thing that was called Nike Better World, which is like yeah. everything is sort of environmental, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And it's like, but it's not like it's really Better World was basically them saying we're thinking about the Earth, but not actually doing something. Considered was like a six-point manifesto. Like one of the points was like all components need to be a hundred kilometers from the assembly line. That like if it was a hundred and five kilometers, yeah. not considered. Wow. You know, if it's closed loop, if Closed loop was one of the characteristics. If it's not closed loop, not considered. And I, could, I get it from Nike's standpoint. They're like, how do we build a business around these strict guidelines? You know, right. but that was the point that like, you know, mix, I don't know if you follow McSteve. Yeah, of course. Yeah. If you follow McSteve on Steve IG, McDonald's he goes Nike in designer. on Nike yeah. considered because he goes in on Nike everything. <laughs> he was yeah. just like, yeah, Nike chose greed over earth in mm -hmm. that case. You know, he's got some interesting takes. Yeah. Hot take. You should get him on the show. Yeah, I would. I would love to. I would, I would love to. <laughs> Jeff, can we talk about the Warren Lotus episode? Yeah, sure. Were you worried when when they sued Warren Lotus over yeah, the yeah? I was worried. Dunk for sure, I was worried. Yeah. So Nike said it was a counterfeit shoe. It was a knockoff. And, yeah. You know, you collaborated with Warren Lotus on this dunk that that seemed to be maybe the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of Nike actually instigating the legal action. Did you ever think you would be named as a as a defendant in that suit? I wasn't named as a defendant. I was actually named as a like proponent. So for sure, but were you ever worried? That oh you yeah, might yeah, be... yeah, for yeah. sure. For like forty-eight hours, I was shitting my pants. Yeah, um, because that was a project. Warren Lotus was a project that like was essentially in my mind, it was like fan art that someone wanted to like sell. Yeah, and if you actually looked at tagged photos of Staple Pigeon, you'll see tons of people customizing dunks. Mm -hmm. Even like when they did the purple pigeon and they made those purple pigeon patches, remember right, that? Yeah, so, many, just... so many people online think that the purple pigeon is is mine because <laughs> the, re the, the 
the resale prices are were like astronomical. I remember, I, put, I remember putting a tweet out there being like, hey, just I don't know who needs to hear this, but the purple pigeon is not it's general uh, release is not a was not a is not the pigeon dunk. No. And there were so many comments being like, I had no idea. I always wow. thought that this was just another colorway of the shoe. Yeah, I love that, though. I love that the halo of what I've built like incepts other things you know mm -hmm. like i didn't call it the purple pigeon the streets did you know yeah. yeah and i just i mean personally that's the va the vanity in me loves that but like yeah those like people making pigeon patches people turning air jordan ones and painting them into pigeons like yeah. this is like a cottage industry thing so when warren approached me i was like oh you're doing the same thing fan art but you have this significantly larger following this mm -hmm. is a good look you know, it's almost like if the shoe surgeon wanted to call me and be like, I want to paint a pair of Air Jordan, like Travis Scott pigeons. I'd be like, yeah, do it. Mm. So he asked me for a blessing, and I said, yes, absolutely. Um, so when the lawsuit came, I was like, oh, shit, this blew up in my Did face. Did you foresee that at all? Like, were you? No. Yeah. No, not at all. I thought this was like shoe surgeon again kind yeah, of thing. Same you know? level, yeah, Yeah. And, um, and I looked at the, law the lawsuit, and I mean, I, I, you know, I'm happy that Nike decided, like, if you read the lawsuit papers, it's like Jeff created one of the most iconic. It's, in fact, it's they give the, you credit in there. It's yeah. the only time I'm going to make this T-shirt one day. It's the only time that Nike says in writing Jeff's Nike Pigeon Dunk was the pillar of sneaker culture. It kicked off the whole thing. It is one of the most important. Th They've never actually, like, wrote that to me. Mm -hmm. do, do you feel like they gave you the credit, though, before then? What's credit? I mean, What's just like, you know, just like credit our, is like our parents at home reading the post, like that type of, you know, the. No, they, but credit from a corporation like that is mm. we're doing the what the dunk. Can we put the pigeon mm. on? We're doing black pigeon. We're do, that's credit, you Got know, it. so appreciate that. There, I don't expect Mark Parker to go on camera and be like, Jeff, from the bottom of my heart, <laughs> thank you. You know, like, I don't do, expect that. Do you but, consider the, the what the dunk as a pigeon shoe? Yeah. Okay. They, they had to ask me for, I had to sign off on permission. So I think, I think Nick had. Diamond had told us that he considered, you know, that that like one of his shoes as well or whatever. But yeah, it's a it's a collaborative shoe, you know. And Nike did the right thing and called everybody that was an external partner and said, "Are you cool with us doing this?" They pitched it to us and oh, everything. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I assume somebody could have been like, "No, I don't want to be on the what the what the mm -hmm. dunk," you know, yeah. which would have been a big mistake. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, the Warren Lotus thing was scary. I'm glad Nike decided to pull me on their side of the fence. Yeah. Um, did they ever reach out to you, Nike? No. They no. just, they were just mentioned, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you and Warren still talk? Yeah. We're, you know, sometimes cordial. like when you I told them to fight it. When you're a kid growing up and like, <laughs> you're a kid growing up and like you and one of your friends like got into trouble, you know, and then like all of a sudden it's like you guys don't really talk after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do I do I do guilty by association yeah. or do I like step on? I don't know him that well. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I don't know him that well. I've yeah. never actually even met him face to face. Everything yeah. we did was on like text and stuff. But like, um, yeah, even like, Later on, when Mischief got sued, Mischief fought and won. And, you know, I told Warren, like, you should you should fight because I think you have a, a, a leg to stand on here, you know. Um, but Nike's going hard yeah, right now no in litigation. What. They're yeah. stomping out everything. Uh, and I think it's a big mistake. Yeah, I was going to ask, what, what do you think about that? I don't think whoever is in charge now of Nike corporate or the legal team does not realize the importance that these cottage industry customizers and resellers do for equity for the brand. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that culture of like kids wanting to paint Nike shoes in their bedroom, you're a commodity sports brand. Like that's what Etonic is. Like you're just a sneaker that no one cares about. So like if you start stomping out these kids that are doing these things, 
sooner or later, everyone's going to be like, you know what? I'm not even going to fuck with Nike. I'm going to paint on superstars instead. But I and still think there's a difference between painting on them and like making replica versions, you know, like like some of these brands are doing. Yeah, yeah. It's But the lines are very blurred right now, mm. you know. Um, you make a different shoe, like um, – Who's who's to say like who's saying that a shoe is different enough? Who's saying right. that who's saying that Mosh is okay, Nigo's okay, uh, JBF is not okay. You know, John Geiger not okay. Like, mm. if you if you showed your mom right like a like a layman, Bapes, Moshes, you know, uh, John Geiger, yeah. like they'd be like they're all the fucking same. I don't mm. understand their shoes. You know what I mean? So there's some lawyer that's like. No, that's good enough. That's not good enough. That's crazy mm. to me, you know? Do you worry that after the Warren Lotus thing, you won't have any projects with Nike in the future? Like, do you think that hurt your reputation within the company? Probably. Yeah, yeah. it probably pissed off a couple people, you know. Um, but that's what New Balance did back then. Yeah. And You've been there before. I've yeah. been there before, and I'll be here 25 years from now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they... I'll say this honestly, if they see me as someone who is relevant in the culture and can like speak on behalf of a of a demographic, then they should maybe fuck with me. But if yeah. they don't, if they don't think I'm valid and they think I'm invalid, they don't have to fuck with me. But I'm going to be here. My team's going to be here. We're going to be cranking on really cool shit and you know, that's it. Yeah. With the dunk reemergence, how does it feel having the one? Do you think about that? No. I don't think so. I'm I'm just I'm of an older generation where I know that like nothing is credited to like the one thing, you mm -hmm. know, like the pigeon dunk came about in an era of like Supreme cement dunks mm -hmm. and like, you know, Futura dunkles yep. and everything. So it was a, it was a collected effort. No, no, no. We got to go back to the lawsuit. You, they gave you the credit. You're the pillar. Take it, man. Take it. <laughs> I, I'm going to make that shirt for sure. I already have it scanned. I'm going to make it, you know, yeah, yeah. who's the most random like celeb that asked you for a pair of pigeons? Uh, PJ Tucker recently DM'd me and said, can I? Can you help me get a pair of pigeon? Damn. And then he got them on his own somehow. Because yeah. you, of course, have no access. You don't. I could make know calls or, to yeah. like people that I know that have like ten pairs. Like, really? Wow. Yeah. Somebody's sitting on ten pairs of pigeons. Oh, more. Right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in Southeast Asia, these kids in Indonesia and Jakarta are like ridiculous. Wow. Do you yeah. remember it had come up via our good friend um, Abdul? Recently, there was that kid on Nike Talk back in the day who had multiple pairs of the pigeon dunks and like. He wrote "fuck the game" on the side of the shoes and took the ketchup and the yep. mustard and squirted it all over yep. it and took a chicken nugget and <laughs> ate it off the shoe. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Uh, wow. Yeah. What was your reaction when you first saw that? Because that was like 2006 when it happened. Or I something. don't take this too seriously, to be honest. Like, I love that shit. You know, even when we did the PR for the Black Pigeon, mm -hmm. it was like a skated-in shoe. Like, I wanted a guy to like destroy them on a skateboard. You know, um, so I love when I see kids rocking pigeons and doing stuff with them. Like. It's still like I understand, like the cost of goods to make a shoe, and then the wholesale and the retail. So like to me, when I look at a sneaker, it doesn't matter how hyped it is. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, that was twenty two dollars to yeah. make. Yeah. It's a twenty two dollars shoe. Mm. That, you don't have the reaction of skater destroys ten thousand. No, but I, at the same dunks. time, I understand why someone would pay a thousand for that shoe. Mm. It's all this inherent worth. But I also know at the end of the day, it's just rubber and suede and nubuck glued together. Yeah. Ninety thousand at Sotheby's a pair sold. Ninety thousand right? at Sotheby's, and and that guy, I met that guy. Really? Yeah. Did you ask him why? <laughs> <laughs> Not that no, you're sure. No. I mean, like, I just the the Sotheby's stuff is interesting to me specifically because it feels so inflated in a way where mm -hmm. not to say that a pigeon dunk isn't you know at the top tier of what sb dunks are worth but a lot of other shoes we talked about it on here you know a scars air force one where you're like 
is anybody in the real world paying $100,000 for a Scars Air Force One? You know what I mean? I just think that echelon of sneaker resale is super interesting and almost separate from what we do. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think the concept behind those is like there's a sucker born every minute. Yeah. And yeah. it's like if someone's going to drop, you know, 100 racks on a Scars, like go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of inflated prices, I think you had put out there when the artifact version of the, you know, staple shoe came out that the NFT was worth more than the real thing. Real thing. And then that's like just like I think people know full disclosure, I'm not like a huge NFT guy and like don't want don't <laughs> want I don't, don't want to like argue yeah. that. But like when I saw that, that was like one of those moments where I'm kind of like, all right, let's be honest. You know, it's like I know that there's a market for NFTs and people want to spend a million dollars on a monkey smoking a cigar. But when you say that, you know, that this new image that's created is mm -hmm. worth more than like the actual <laughs> cultural artifact. Yeah. It, come on. You know, it's like. No, I was serious about it. I know it's you <laughs> are, but like in your mind, you really believe that that NFT is more valuable than your pigeon dunk. No, that's not what I'm saying. For sure. I am. I, I was simply stating that yeah. this people now think this is worth as much. Mm -hmm. You're asking me what I personally yeah. think. I think it's, I'm an old head, so I feel like physical things are like really important. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like it's more important to have the, you know, Jay-Z's blueprint album on vinyl than to just have it in mm -hmm. your Spotify playlist. Like I want that shit, you know, um, but that's just me. But I'm just making observations on what's happening in the culture. But you don't. You don't get owning digital assets. No, I, I totally, money. I totally, I'm fully like aware of this. I'm not like an ignorant person to yeah. it. I just like think that there's a lot of people out there who are telling you that you need to be part of the community and this is all about artists owning their rights and all that sort yeah. of stuff when really the majority of those people are just like playing the stock market, you mm -hmm. know, and like buying a $200 NFT and Flipping, telling you to yeah. buy into the community, but really because they want to sell it for $5,000, like down the line right you know like that's that's the world that i see from the people who i know who are like deeply yeah yeah there's a lot of speculation and stuff yeah. but it's to me it's a mirror image of sneaker culture you know there's people that buy shoes to wear them there's mm -hmm. people that wait in line for themselves and then there's people that treat it a hundred percent as an investment asset like, yeah they don't mm -hmm. care about the culture at all mm. you know so the same thing's happening in the nft world there's there's g's that are like really about the art and then there's people that only care about it they're like checking rates every minute and stuff you know so there's something for everybody, I think. Like I'd be, t I'm totally okay with NFTs being that world if yeah. people were just more upfront about, I'm copying the flip <laughs> about you know? it being an investment thing. But there are yeah. people that are truly artistic about it. Yeah. So it's both. You, but I think know. they're like a minority within the space. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. The whole space is very small. Like yeah, it's like one percent of the global population has like a non-custodial wallet. So it's really, really tiny. It's just inflated because of PR mm -hmm. but you know I flip it back to you and like sneaker culture is it all about resale or are there still some people that like wear hashtag wear your kicks you know like I think, it, I think what's the percentage you know I think at the end of the day though because sneakers being a physical item mm -hmm. that no matter what there's still going to be more people who wear these things because you have to wear yes. a shoe every day you yeah, know yeah. I mean there are a lot of people who do resell and I'm never discount that you know I have mm -hmm. a lot of close friends who have warehouses full of you know Yeezys in New Jersey so it's like 
I totally understand that, but I think that there's always going to be someone wearing Air Force Ones, or there's always going to be someone wearing an Air Jordan 5, you know? Yeah, I agree with that, because you have to make a choice on footwear yeah. every day, in a, in essence, you know? So that's why I also think sneaker culture is, is way more, like, solid right now, because mm -hmm. of the reality of it. But I think COVID had so much to do with the explosiveness of NFT. Yeah, for sure. sure. Because you say everybody has to wear a shoe every day. In COVID, you, you didn't. didn't have to. <laughs> you didn't. And in Post fact, posting that you had an image of it, it's like it's the same. Yeah. You know. And now you got a thousand shoes behind you. How do you flex in COVID? You're not even allowed to go outside. So those two years of like not being able to like show what you really have, yeah. paved the way for these fake digital assets. Like it's, now look at my wallet and look at my little icons of yeah. stuff that I have. It yeah. was like a new way to flex. Artifact thing. I feel like that happened so fast too. I mean, dude, that was eleven months ago that the artifact meta pigeon came out. And in those 11 months, yeah. they came out with Murakami and they got acquired by Nike in 11 months. Well, you, were, you, were, you must have been cheering that on, right? <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yep. How, how much do you talk to those guys now? Like, are you still? Oh, all the time, yeah. yeah. Yep. We just had the launch last week with Murakami yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's the new, it's the new, new future, man. It's, you love it, you're, you're, you, you love I it. I really love it, I really love it, yeah. It's, it's, I know you're like, none of you are into it, huh? No. No, no, some people have offered me NFTs. I feel the same energy. There's one of me Joe as a hot dog. As a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that you made or someone else? Someone made it. <laughs> okay, all right. That that's the one I'm betting on. If <laughs> but I feel I really feel the positive energy, you know. And I I really checked myself too. I was like, am I drinking like right. the Gary V Kool Aid right, right. now? Like, Ooh. is he like infecting my head, <laughs> or am I really into this? And no, seriously, like I really checked myself. And I asked myself, am I really into this or am I drinking the Kool-Aid? Um, and I really feel like that complex con first one ever, yeah. like you guys were there, like yeah. that. Um, no, we had to sit back at the office and eat the free pizza that they gave us. You know, that energy was like yeah. unmatched. Yeah. I don't it was know like, the whoa, this is a new chapter in mm -hmm. the whole culture, you know. And what I experienced at Artifact last week with Murakami was like that kind of more like wow. times 10 yeah yeah what are you into right now in terms of sneakers um what's, what's getting you excited right now in physical footwear in the real world i love as i mentioned earlier i love the variety of brands mm -hmm. so like in my i have i have different um so i have my archive which has like i'm at like maybe five thousand pairs right now wow and then i have my home archive which is like 200 and then i have the five pairs of shoes that sit by my front door Right, I think that's how yeah. a lot of sneakerheads yeah, like sort of organize. You had gotten rid of your whole sneaker collection at one point too, when you thought you were going to move to Tokyo, but yes. didn't, and you sold all the shoes off. I gave them all to the Salvation Army, and now you're already back up to five thousand. Yeah, <laughs> how? That was a long time ago. That was like yeah. twenty years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what? Okay, so real quick, what are the five by the door? Yeah, right now I've got and then like what are the two hundred. <laughs> I've got the Crocs. I've got Solomon's. I've got Hoka's. I've mm. got Allbirds. I have. Tom Sachs Mars Yard uh, as my one Nike, and I've got um, the uh, Ultra Boost S1, the Pharrell Riot ones. Have you seen those? Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So I have a nice variety. And like people ask me, why do you always wear the Mars Yard? The thing with me about Nike is like it's so hyped right now. Every whenever I go get a bagel at a bodega, like there's eight people wearing the hypest fucking shit. Like everyone's got like the number one shoe of the week yeah, on. Yeah. But to me, the Mars Yard is like, no one fucks the with best. the Mars Yard. Like yeah. everyone looks at that and it's like, oh, you're 
fine. You're wearing the Marjard and they're destroyed. They look like crap, you know. Mm. So if I'm going to wear one Nike, it's going to be one that, like, snaps as many necks as possible. I love that. <laughs> Jeff, f- funny story, I guess, before we go. Uh, t- I think it was 2013 we had asked you to give us your top 10 sneakers of the year list. Yeah. He also and, did his top 50 yeah. once. Yeah. I, but he, I, I remember. He, he gives us a top 10 sneakers of the year list. Okay, I don't remember what I said, so. And, <laughs> but... As a bonus, you just decided to give us your top 20 worst sneakers of the year as well. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Really? I look this up. Is it still up? Uh, I think so. It's still up. Lon Vaughn, Fall Winter 13, Reebok ATV 19 Plus. Black Comme des Garcons, Nike Blazer Low Premium. Oh, Ray man. Kawakubo phones it in. <laughs> I must have been in a mood that day. That's oh. really... We didn't even Nike ask you. Here's, here's a good one. Nike Little... Free Flyknit, Ankle Tourniquet, No Blood Circulation, Ridiculous Toe Spring. If you really sprint and or run, these are useless. <laughs> Maybe they're good for long walks on the beach. Well, it's I've never seen this before. It's interesting. Little Wayne Supra, the Little uh-huh. Wayne Supra, the quote is Yeezy taught me, but he said on sneaker shopping <laughs> that they were like, yo, try to make the Yeezy. Wow. Okay. So, so I, 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 I you were right. Yeah. Nike Free and Ava Woven, you didn't like that shoe? Oh, no. you said a beautiful shoe it is, but a shoe that cuts your ankles is yes. never good. Never. You can't put that shoe on, really. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One thing I want to ask you bring up like multiple collaborations. You brought up the Allbirds being at your door, but what do you say to someone like how. You have, I said in the intro, you've navigated different brands, but like Allbirds for sneakerheads is something that we wouldn't wear. Yeah. And you can work with a bunch of brands, but do you look at it as a challenge? Mm -hmm. Do you, do you dig deep and like, this is why I like this or what is it that gravitates you to those type of brands? It's the challenge. Okay. Yeah. And, and also I don't want to do a challenge where it's like, you know, let me make, let me turn Skechers around. Like I have to believe in the brand and I have to like the people who are behind the brand Mm -hmm. and Allbirds. Even though if you don't think they're like a hype beast sneakerhead brand, you can't argue their motives, right? Like they're an amazing brand. And also from a business standpoint, their growth, right? They're like valued at like eight billion dollars in like wow. six years of business. They have like forty flagship stores. I see a lot of no footlocker, yo. No like how does a brand do all this DTC. without yeah, all DTC. Yeah. So I'm like, I love their energy and their spirit. Um, had a conversation with the founder, multiple conversations. Uh, collaborations are a lot of times like dating. You have to like see if it mm-hmm. if you gel we gelled really well and so we embarked on this on this mission and i knew that i was putting a lot on the line because people could be like yo you're whack you're a sellout this is corny and you're dead to me type of mentality so i have to be really calculated about these deals before i go out and do them you mm-hmm. know but it is a challenge to me um you know when growing up in college and high school i was like always a big fan of like graffiti artists mm-hmm. And the idea of going all city, which means like your tag is in every borough and your tag is in every train. And so like everyone can see your shit. Like the Shepherd Ferry Obey sticker, that Obey the Giant right. sticker was yeah. like the ultimate getting up. And for me, the pigeon and the pigeon colors is like the ultimate get up. Like, you know, how many surfaces, materials, brands, and products can I put this thing on? The, if you zoom out 30,000 feet, the art is not each individual shoe. The art is who has put a bird and gray and hot pink on all of these different surfaces. You know, mm-hmm. like, arguably, like, no one. And I deliberately don't change it. Well, that's the whole <laughs> thing. You're, you flip the conversation. You're trying to flip the conversation on its head like, no, I will never stop doing this. Yes. <laughs> when people say, like, do something else, I'm yeah. like, I don't say it. But in my head, I'm like, you'll understand one day. Mm. Like, one day when your grandkids zoom out, like, you're basically telling, like, Ralph to stop using the horse. Like, I'm trying to Wait, inject... Oh, Ralph Lauren. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, into, like, I'm trying to inject equity into this thing. Not like, oh, next week will be a cockroach, you know? Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cockroach. <laughs>
And that goes back to the purple pigeon. And um, anytime Nike does like a gray, white, pink shoe, I see in the comments like, hope Jeff got his check. Is this yeah. a pigeon? You know, like, so even the colorway without the bird is like an ownable trademark yeah. now. You know, do you read so the comments? I do sometimes, yeah. 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 Isn't there, wasn't there a grade school Air Jordan 3? That had that had the the pigeon colors. Yeah, probably they they do it a lot. There was that, <laughs> and then the one t you actually ended up getting. I think no one ever talks about this. Me and Brendan had mentioned it before, and you end getting a random Jordan collaboration when you did a smoking jacket. Yes. Yeah. The varsity for the, for the Air Jordan jacket. Eleven. Yep. Yeah. The stepping out varsity jacket. Was that random like a, shit? Was that like a good consolation prize? <laughs> not doing the new retro low, or I guess so. You know what it is at brands when people say like when y'all ask me and other people come on the yeah. show like <laughs> I remember this like does do you fuck with Audi do you mess with Reebok whatever like yeah people have to realize that these are massive companies with twenty thousand employees totally and if there's like two people that hate you <laughs> shit ain't happening and if there's two people that love you oh some stuff will happen so like this is extremely relatable yes. to me right <laughs> oh really. <laughs> You just but, have like run a bad running with one employee and oh, it sours your whole. Oh, now wow. you got a detour. Like you got to find person. the people who are the detour to uh -huh. get to what you want, right? So that the stepping out jacket, that Jordan jacket, was like a group of people in Jordan apparel that was like, we know what happened before. We love you. Let's do some Jordan apparel. And I was like, cool. At least I've yeah. learned my lesson. This is my foot back in the door, maybe you know. But yeah, sometimes it's like, I mean. Did you Even, think you were going to end up that somehow you're going to parlay that into like doing? It couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. Like, it was good. You're in their system now. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it goes the other way. If there's a committee of twelve people, and eleven of them are like, we should do another Jeff Staple thing, and one of them is like, no, we shouldn't. Then it's like I have to, you know, start all over again. You know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the fickle people at the footwear brands, huh, Jeff? Yeah, it's all good. Everyone's got a job. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, their job. It's their job. <laughs> exactly, 100%. I just, it's my job to just keep it moving, you know? Uh, 100%. But we do, the Jordan jacket made it into, um, we have a retrospective book coming out. Rizzoli Coffee Table Book, shameless plug. Yeah. But I definitely wanted that. You know, I had to decide every single thing that went into that book, and the Jordan jacket makes it in. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah, I was going to bring up the book, but Jeff Staple Day as well? Yes, Staple Day is uh, June 12th, mm -hmm. uh, which is National Pigeon Day. So we just, we, we co-opted that holiday. Uh, that's on Network. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to do an in real life one in L.A. on June 12th as well. So we're going to take over the row in downtown L.A. There's going to be a whole live exhibition space. Same time as Smorgasbord. So it'll be dope. You should come okay. out for that. And then at the end of this year, like my creme de la creme, you know, 300 page Rizzoli book archiving everything in the last quarter century that I've done. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be good. You see I, a sample of the Jordan retro new low in there. No, that didn't make it. That didn't <laughs> make it. Um, but I wanted to create a book that was like, not a catalog of my work, but yeah. a view of New York City street culture in the late 90s and early 2000s through the lens of my brand. Yeah. So it's actually like, I want this to be like required reading in art schools, mm. you know, like, because how else can you, you know, like Camilla's in the book, you know, like Union, you know, Soho Union's yeah, yeah. in the book, like all this old artifact stuff is, is in this book. So it's going to be like a good educational piece, I think. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Absolutely. These type of guests I love because you could definitely come on yep. again and we could build on yeah, more yeah. things. Yep. But um, yeah, exciting, exciting stuff. This this is the 25th anniversary year, so yep. yeah, crazy. And yep. you still love it. You That's still the thing. I still love it. Like it's week one. Really? Yeah. I don't want to be that any advice guy, but like how <laughs> how like for someone that has been in the industry for so long, what 
what are like some tips that you would give people? The hardest thing is finding the thing that you love first, that you will do relentlessly 24 seven. Mm -hmm. After you've discovered that, then the rest of your life will become easy. Mm -hmm. You know, so like I look at people who are like professional Twitch gamers, mm -hmm. right? Who would have thought five years ago that you could be a millionaire playing yeah. video games, right? Or I don't know, OnlyFans star. Like, I don't know, it could be anything, right? Like, find your passion, the thing that, like, you will never lose sleep over and, like, you will just relentlessly do. And then pick that as, like, go all in on that. And these days, it could be as obscure or vague of a career as possible. It doesn't even, it could be anything. You could be, like, competitive basket weaving. Like, I don't mm. know. Like, there's a market for everything because of the internet. You'll find a thousand people that will be your super yeah. fans, you know? And they'll support you. And they'll support you. And I was, the thing, The if I am lucky, the lucky thing that I did was I recognized that in the sixth grade when I, like, had this love for sneakers that, like, I was going to go to Beaverton one day. Like, in the sixth grade, I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to Beaverton. I don't care what it takes, you know? And I remember, like, going to Nike Town was the closest you could get to Beaverton. Wow. It mm -hmm. felt like Beaverton, you know? And then um, when the first time they were like, yo, come to Beaverton, I had already, like, my life goal checkbox was done, you know? And design a shoe with us, second life goal checkbox. Like, to me, if the Pigeon Dunk was the ugliest shoe on earth and flopped completely, mm -hmm. I've already, like, my goals are done. You don't understand? Like, I could matter. die now. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that there's all this gravy on top of, like, Sotheby's and New York Post and all that stuff, that's just, like, gravy on top of a dream that was already achieved when Beaverton said come out mm, wow. you know and that's the kind of passion that if anyone young is listening it might not be sneakers for you it might be nfts it might be something else but like find that passion first you know and just one more bit of advice yeah. is nine out of ten people are probably going to tell you that that passion of yours is bullshit and can't be done mm. that's what happened to me like Jeff, you're a Chinese kid from New Jersey. You think you're going to like be designing shoes with Nike? Who do you think you are? You know, you're not Tinker. You're yeah. not Jordan. You're not an athlete. How can you work on shoes, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like they're going to tell you no. They're going to tell you you're crazy. But then you just got to – that's the hardest part is to persevere past the critics. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Great place to end. Yep. Thank Jeff, you guys. thank you so much for joining us. Pleasurable as always. Yeah, yep. appreciate it. Look out for all the projects that uh, he has coming in the next month and throughout the year. 25th anniversary. This has been the Complex Sneakers Podcast. Everyone have a great weekend. Please like, subscribe. We will see you next week. Our producer is David Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Special thanks to Jen Stewart, Shiva Bayet, and Haley Choi. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network.